the fight against doping, a U.S. perspective. Welcome to this edition of Around the Rings Radio. I'm Ed Hula. On this edition, we're going to be catching up on developments in the anti-doping fight in sport from the point of view of the U.S. anti-doping agency, USADA, and Chief Executive Travis Tigert. Of particular note, introduction of legislation in the U.S. Senate this week that would criminalize doping in sport. The Rodchenkov Act, as it's called, is named after Gregor Rodchenkov. He's the former director of the Moscow Doping Lab and the whistleblower behind the doping scandal in Russian sport. He currently is living in hiding here in the United States as a protected witness. Our guest, Travis Tigert, is heartily in favor of the legislation, which will be considered in the next session of Congress beginning in January. Tigert has been one of the world's outspoken experts on the anti-doping fight since he joined USADA in 2007. And we're glad to have you with us. It's, you've been a guest here before, and it's great to have you back with us on Around the Rings Radio. Well, thanks, Ed. It's great to be here. I really appreciate the invitation. Tell us, uh, the, the, the Rodchenkov Act, what it will do. We, we've said it would criminalize doping. Is, is that the, the big picture of this legislation? You, you know, I think big picture is it, it recognizes doping as, as fraud, and it really elevates, you know, conspiring to dope in international competition to the same level as, let's say, bribery or extortion or racketeering, other forms of corruption. And if you remember, here in the U.S., we had the FIFA case, um, and, and I think this act is modeled after the success that the U.S. Uh, Department of Justice and the FBI's office had in holding those accountable that were, you know, extorting and bribing money through currently existing law. So this gives a, a similar elevation of the fraud, um, you know, uh, behavior, and it allows the Department of Justice to um, prosecute it where it's seen. Of course, it then, as you mentioned, has components protecting whistleblowers, which is obviously critically important. Um, it has an aspect of restitution to so those victims who were robbed by those organizations or coaches or others in the system that conspired to cheat them they can be compensated for any of their damages. And then it also has a, a coordination provision that allows us to share um, directly with uh, the Department of Justice and other federal agencies who are involved with um, handling these you know, doping fraud type cases. Does it apply to doping in the United States, to events in the United States only? No, it, it the the part that is you know uh, somewhat exceptional, frankly, but was seen in the FIFA cases and and exists in other U.S. law, is if it meets the definition, um, which is a major international competition, which is you know one or more U.S. athletes as well as three or more foreign athletes, as well as a U.S. company that sponsors or broadcasts to you know paint it in broad strokes. That would then qualify for jurisdiction here in the United States. So it, it very well, and I think is intentionally drafted to ensure that events that happen around the world that involve U.S. companies and U.S. athletes would be subject to the jurisdiction of, uh, of federal law enforcement. And, you know, I, we, we obviously think it's a real game changer, not unlike um, the prosecution of the FIFA case where you had international corruption that, you know, the rest of the world, frankly, turned a blind eye to where you can you know, ensure that the basic values and rules that we all agree to are actually going to get enforced in a robust and, and fair way. And so 
you know, we're hopeful that those who support fair play, clean sport, frankly, the Olympic values themselves um, would be fully in support of, of this effort and, and, and hopefully, you know, assist and, and support its immediate passage as soon as possible. If this was in effect, if this was law for the Sochi Olympics of 2014, what might have been the impact of this, this, this law? Yeah, I, th- I think I think those games would qualify under the major the definition of major international competition. Given that there was one U.S. athlete, more than three foreign athletes, and U.S. companies that that sponsored the event, as well as you know NBC that paid you know whatever billion dollar number they paid to broadcast it here in the United States, and and basically that would give um, the Department of Justice jurisdiction over those who might have defrauded those games like we saw and it can include individuals as well as organizations it wouldn't be the athletes that that doped you know they're seen in large part particularly in some of those state sponsored doping regimes like we saw out of russia you know they're you know uh, being abused and taken advantage of as well they're just pawns in that whole scheme um so they wouldn't be um under criminal you know liability but those who perpetuated the fraud within the organizations um, and who directed that fraud would certainly, you know, fall under this jurisdiction of, of this law and could be held criminally accountable here in the United States. And, and listen, that could be up to a, you know, 10 year um, prison uh, term, as well as if it's an organization, a million dollar fine, if it's an individual up to a $250,000 fine, as well as um, restitution. So think of ARAF, right? The Russian Athletic Federation who committed fraud at the Olympic Games um, in 2012, as well as other competitions around the world by sending, knowingly sending doped athletes, paying federations for those doped athletes to win, they could be criminally liable here in the United States. Now, there is some concern internationally that this could impact athletes by them being charged with, with criminal acts. Is there any way that athletes could be held culpable under this law? No, the, the law is is very clear that there um, no athletes can be held criminally liable for doping under this law. And, and listen, that was you know obviously thought through and was an important part um, of it. You know, there's obviously consequences in sport, which is the bigger deterrent to athletes to be kept off the playing field. Um, certainly not attempting to criminalize you know things that that otherwise shouldn't be criminalized. And and I think a recognition also. That you know, if you're a Russian athlete, you you really had almost no choice. You know, we've seen it in other systems, like in the postal services case that we dealt with here. You know, the athletes were part of a culture that easily justified. Now they still made their choices and they still had to be held accountable. But you know, sending those or attempting to send those individuals to jail just is not you know the policy that this legislation attempts to. Um, put in place, and I think there's really good reasons for that. Did USADA have any role in helping to draft the legislation, provide any expertise? You know, we we were invited to testify at the Helsinki Commission um, this past summer in July, and if you remember, if you guys followed it or others did, um, Yulia Stepanov um, testified, one of the original Russian whistleblower. Um, former athlete there that was subjected to the state-sponsored doping system that came forward with all the evidence, which ultimately led, you know, to the various reports that WADA did and the IOC and, of course, Gregory Rachinkov coming forward. So we were there along with her and Katie Ulander, who was someone who actually was fourth place in the Sochi Olympics and mm-hmm. lost to a, a Russian athlete that was implicated in 
the McLaren report who has yet to you know be fully compensated or receive the the, the spoils that she deserved from competing clean and coming in arguably third if, if the Russian um, you know was disqualified so we uh, certainly were involved at that point and then had you know multiple follow-ups with with uh, the drafters as they were continuing to to move forward with with what they thought made sense um, to to do more to protect clean athletes you know around the world and, and really uphold the Olympic values that unfortunately you know both WADA and the IOC to a large extent um, you know turned a blind eye to and didn't put any meaningful sanctions in place and and so I think you know five years ago this legislation probably doesn't happen but given you know the depth and the the massive scale of the Russia state sponsored doping and then the ineffectual um, handling and dealing with that doping ultimately created sort of this, un- unfortunately, kind of a perfect storm that led to this type of legislation being drafted and, and now introduced in both houses, the Senate and the House of Representatives. And the momentum behind it um, is, is certainly high. And, and we're just hopeful that those who are interested in it will learn about it, will appreciate um, what it's attempting to do. The concepts are fantastic. And, and, and again, if you believe in fair sport and clean play and that corruption um, through doping or otherwise has no place in the Olympic movement, then you ought to be a thousand percent in, in support of this legislation. And, and hopefully we'll go to go to links to ensure that it gets passed in a timely fashion. Uh, you can't predict, but uh, what do you feel the prospects for the legislation becoming becoming law? Listen, I think there's a lot of momentum behind it. I mean, you know, the type of, you know, frankly, thuggery that we saw happen to the Olympic Games, you know, it causes damage to both athletes as well as the viewing public, as well as the sponsors and the broadcasters. I mean, who wants to pay, you know, that kind of money to see a rigged game um, happen on the international field? So I, I think there's a lot of momentum, a lot of people that are supporting it. And, of course, you know, it's a political process, so, you, you know, you never can, you know, be as certain as you otherwise want to be. But, you know, the, the concepts, who's going to disagree with the concepts? It's, it's the right side of the issue. Let's put a stop once and for all for intentional doping, people conspiring to dope and damage not only the brand of the Olympic movement, but the money that's being invested by the sponsors, the broadcasters, and, and the individual athletes who ultimately get robbed, as well as the viewing public. You know, uh, I mean, who, who's going to stand up and say they're against that? If they are, then they're against, you know, quite frankly, the, the, the very essence of what the Olympic movement's all about. Uh, in other developments this week, uh, uh, a, a team from WADA is in Moscow where they have been granted access to the uh, anti-doping lab in Moscow that's of... Uh, center of the controversy over the doping scandal. Uh, the access to the lab, the uh, collection of the results from from the lab are all part of the agreement for the recognition of the Russian anti-doping agency, again, for certification of Russia as part of the anti-doping campaign. Um, what do you what do you think of this development? Um, are things moving in the right direction in in Russia? Well, we we hope that they fulfill the obligation, and no one you know everyone will be thrilled if they actually turn over uh, the the authenticated 
data that they've been required to turn over for you know over going on two years now. You sound skeptical. Um, you know what is suddenly. Well, I, listen. I think I think actions speak louder than words. And while you hear some words that are hopefully encouraging and hopefully indicating things are changing, the the action um, hasn't backed it up yet. And I, and I think people are really nervous as they should be because you know sort of fool me once, um, and and we've been fooled hundreds of times going all dating all the way back to pre Sochi on you know the scheme that the Russians pulled off and. You know, un- unfortunately, I-, I think until the proof is in, until it's been publicly accounted for in a real robust way, we, we have to be skeptical um, because if, it, you know, if you cheat at this level, you're going to go to great lengths to cover up the cheating at that level. And, and we know that has happened. I mean, think about what they did in the scheme itself where they, you know, had the secret uh, police, the FBI, essentially the FSB in Russia, the former KGB, you know, breaking into the bottles and replacing dirty athletes' urines with clean athletes' urines and then replacing the bottle caps. I mean, that's the type of cover-up that comes out of, you know, Cold War novels, right, that is just unfathomable today in our, in our Olympic world that, that, that they could go to those links um, to defeat the system. So, you know, are they suddenly changed and, and realized the, the, that they, you know, intentionally violated the rules and now they're going to turn a, a, a corner? I, I mean, I hope so. But again, until proof is through action, not word, I think we all should keep a skeptical eye on, on exactly what's going on and ensure that WADA, as the global regulator, does its job in publicly being accountable. You know, they receive public taxpayer-funded organization from around the world. They owe the public a transparent and open process on exactly what is happening and and we haven't gotten that out of water, unfortunately. And the very decision that was made, you know, in Seychelles a, a few months ago to reinstate Russia was a prime example of sort of a last-minute secretive process that you heard athletes, governments of the world, NATOs, the public, who were, who were really, frankly, dismayed and outraged that they would go to that length to try to let and, and ultimately allow Russia back in despite not meeting the criteria set out in the Russia roadmap for reinstatement. And and the IAAF uh, a couple of weeks ago reaffirmed its continued ban against Russia. Um, how do you get over this contradiction? Listen, I, I think the IAAF is from the beginning has taken not a political position. You know, the, the political position is is easy to let Russia back in. They've taken, I think, a principled position over politics, and Russia hasn't met the criteria that the IAAF and its task force set out for them. And, and, and good on the IAAF for ensuring that the criteria they set, the rule that they agreed with, is going to be enforced fairly. And until there's compliance with it, they're not just going to lift it because it's politically convenient or because... You know, they want Russia to bid on games or have their athletes back in the games. While that's a terrible situation, and we all want full inclusion from, uh, you know, all athletes and powerful countries in major competitions, whether it's a world championship or an Olympic game, that can't come at the expense of the principles and the rules that exist to ensure that the playing field is level for all athletes is the very essence of what the Olympic movement is all about. And so good on the, the IAAF and its leadership for 
maintaining a fair, consistent set of rules that they're not going to bend just because it might be politically convenient. Now, you've expressed your impatience, your unhappiness with uh, with WADA. In the next year, at the end of the year, there will be an election for a new WADA president. Uh, that president will come from the ranks of government. Currently, Craig Reedy, IOC member, is serving as a representative of sport. It alternates the presidency alternates from sport to uh, the government. Um, how important is this election? Will it change WADA? Will there be a shift in philosophy with a, a government representative coming on board as opposed to sport? I, I think it's obviously really important. And, and we knew and actually you know foreshadowed and had a full board discussion that when, you know, an IOC executive board member was set to become the president of WADA, that we knew this whole idea that we've talked about for, you know, going on 20 years now of the fox guarding the hen house, that you can't effectively promote and police sport at the same time, that this, this was the new world we were living in with you know, the IOC executive board member becoming the WADA president as we currently have right now. And, and uh, Gregory, I guess, is now off of the executive board member right. of, of, of the IOC, but is still an IOC member. That, that inherent conflict, I, I think, has resulted in many of the, you know, decisions and poor decisions along the way for dealing with this Russia situation. So, so change is coming, and it's, and it's going to be good change. You know, the level of, uh, of how much is going to change in regard to independence and making firm, fair decisions, not succumbing to the pressure of sport and the IOC and the international federations who would have WADA do nothing other than be a service provider to those organizations. We'll ultimately see who's elected, but whoever is elected, hopefully they're in it for the right reasons, not for their own political gain or any other political purpose. And, and they're going to be there as the champion of clean athletes because athletes need to believe and, in fact, have an organization at the global le- level that has their back. And unfortunately, over the past three years and de- four years dealing with this Russia situation, the, the confidence of athletes and organiz- sport organizations, including NOCs and national federations and international federations, have, have lost that, that confidence has been shaken. And they don't know for sure that the global regulator truly has their back um, because of how this whole Russia deal has been and dealt with in a, in a more politically convenient fashion as opposed to a principled fashion. So hopefully change is going to happen in a good way and in a major way to immediately restore the confidence to those who are most important to the system of fair play being successful, which are the, the athletes themselves. They're the ones who have the decision to make, are they going to cheat or not? And, and it's a really tough decision, but it's particularly tough if you think no one at the top that's supposed to have your back doesn't really care and is going to turn a blind eye against others who are intentionally cheating on a massive scale like we saw with Russia. And so we're hopeful that there will be cha- great change um, and, and hopefully the restoration of belief and, and clean play and, and fair play by you know all those who, who, who truly value it. Uh, there is there seems to be some division among athletes about – whether WADA works or doesn't work, uh, uh, do you feel that there's uh, um, um, a great deal of support for 
the way it's going right now, or do athletes want significant change? Uh, listen, I, I think you look back at the Nottos, you know, 37 who have come out with detailed solutions of how to change WADA and make it more effective. There was a meeting at the White House, similar declaration came out of it. You've seen athletes proposing solutions to change WADA. You've seen op-eds from around the world by editorial boards and others about the change that needs to happen. It, you know, it's a pretty simple concept, right? Like separation of powers and those that are making difficult enforcement decisions can't have an interest in the outcome. Like it, it's, it's pretty simple stuff. I mean, you ask the average person on the street, they understand, you know, the, the police can't be prosecuting, you know, their, their brother or their family members, those have to be separated. And, and so it's not really asking for that much. And it's pretty simple stuff that's worked in other areas for decades. And that, whether it's independent organizations here in the United States like USADA or in Canada or in England or in Australia that have independent police and, and, and promotion in sport, the, that model works. And, and I think you've seen, unfortunately, here the last four years that when you don't have that in place, the temptations to cut corners or to bend the rules or to make political decisions, not principled decisions, is too easily justified. And so I think you, you'll continue to see a wave of people asking for change that gives them the best chance to have fair play win at the end of the day. And that's separating those that promote sport from those that are attempting to police it because you just can't do both very well. Uh, finally, from an international perspective, moving to uh, a U.S. perspective, um, what about the work of USADA in the United States? Um, How's it going for you here in the fight against doping? You know, listen, we're, we're working as hard as we can day and night to make sure we have the best program so that clean athletes can not only compete in the United States, but can win in the United States. And a, a night or day doesn't go by when we're not analyzing our programs, trying to invent, make them better, ensure that we're being fair you know, in situations where athletes aren't intentionally doping, but on the other hand, being firm and, and strict and ensuring that if anyone is trying to defeat the system here in the United States, that we're doing everything we possibly can um, to detect them and give them a fair sanction based on what the rules are in, in place. And, and listen, we, we know we have to be as perfect as we possibly can. And we have a, a sign right when you walk in our door here at our office that we're we're striving for perfection day in and day out, and we're settling for excellence. Um, it's not perfect, but we're doing everything we can to make it as perfect as we possibly can so that clean athletes have the belief that they can compete and win, but in fact can compete and win and represent the United States as true, um, true sport champions. All right. Thanks very much for being with us, Travis Tiger. It's uh, good to share your time with us and look forward to having you join us again. Ed, thanks a lot for your interest and really appreciate you having us. Best of luck to you. Thank you, and uh, Happy New Year to all of you at USADA. Have a great 2019. Thanks, Ed. You as well. Thanks again. You as well, Ed. Take thank, care. Thank you, and thank you for joining us in this edition of Around the Rings Radio. I'm Around the Rings editor Ed Hula. For 25 years, your best source of news about the Olympics is AroundTheRings.com. <laughs>